put to death that nefesh that's wrong about literally everything. I'm ready to cut loose myself. <laughs> the Christian experience has to be sacrificed. You have to have that soldier attitude. I don't care what they think. I'm here to obey the apostolic commandment. I want to fulfill God's will for my life. Which is the favor that Jesus had from his father by being perfect. Amen. Shabbat Shalom. Peace. This is a fascinating verse going through my mind in the glory of God tonight before we started. The Lord Jesus Christ said in Scripture, You could only thirst for righteousness. Blessed are they who thirst for righteousness. Does that mean righteousness is only drinkable? Oh, hunger and thirst. Edible? So it's edible and drinkable, consumable. So it's like Taste something that you must drink mm -hmm. into your hearts as a river of food for your inner man. He said specifically to me before starting tonight, thirsting for righteousness, and just by faith, I want everyone to get out their barrels and drink the river of Jesus Christ in heavenly Jerusalem. Blessed are you who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And what did he say after that? For you shall be filled. You shall be filled with his righteousness. So the key is the desire for the higher things of God that you're not currently living in, walking in, or tasting, or seeing. That desire never goes away at any stage of your Christian growth. In fact, it only intensifies. The hunger. My hunger and thirst today for righteousness is stronger today than in any other year in the last 24 years in the Shekinah glory of Jesus Christ. You just can't have enough word living on sapphire stones. It's just an insatiable desire for wisdom and inner intelligence in all things pertaining to life and godliness. All the time. The outer stuff is constantly washed only by the inner stuff. The outer problems are only taken care of by inner intelligence and inner solutions, as it's written, Messiah in you, the hope of realizing Shekinah. Colossians 1.27, it is written. Here's the issue. The only possible way to realize Shekinah today is by receiving the Word of God with enthusiasm. Not with just dull ears or dull hearts or here we go again. We've done this before. I've already been here. I've sat in the same chair a hundred times. I've watched my TV with these guys on it 150,000 times. Nope. It's brand new. The Lamb is enthroned in Zion for eternity, which means he'll be sitting there the same forever. Now what's coming from him is the fresh, new glory of his word made new to you today with a fresh enthusiasm, an encouraging light, an encouraging power in that glory. 
perhaps new angels. You might eventually know every single angel in heaven in an eternity. But the angel will come to you from his throne, even as a soul in the heavenlies, with something new. Which means you can never be satisfied at your current level. The thirst for more of him always intensifies when you're in love with Jesus Christ. What's written? I have this one thing against you. You've forgotten your first love. What's first love? Jesus Christ in the center of your soul with no other gods besides him. We say, well, I have Jesus in the center of my heart. I ask Jesus into my heart. Do you understand Jesus is the word of the Father, fresh and new each morning. Your mercies are new every morning, it is written. And the manna from heaven would come down and shower the tents of Israel as the exodus in their hearts and minds out of Egypt, which represents earth, and there'd be a fresh bread from heaven every morning. And the Bible says, men and women and children all ate the bread of angels. But you know what they did? They lost the enthusiasm. They said, I'm sick of this bread. Give us meat. (laughs) We've had enough of this elementary teaching. We've had enough of this Moses and Aaron. They grumbled in their hearts, it is written. And so then God sent a destroying plague upon them while the meat was still in their mouths. Which means, if you ever lose your enthusiasm... If you ever lose your enthusiasm for the Word of God fresh and new each morning, you get into grumbling and mumbling and fumbling. You get into all kinds of error. Eventually, all those people who grumbled in their hearts, if you read Scripture, Torah, died. Why did they die? They lost their enthusiasm for the bread of heaven. So I just want to encourage everyone a fresh, Glory, a fresh fire from the throne of Yadevave in heaven and the Lamb of God in heaven come down sapphire stones and touch your minds tonight and go deep within your hearts into your spirit in the center of your souls and awaken you fresh and new to the Word of God. Amen. I was just talking to the Lord today about hunger for manna. <laughs> hunger for manna. I have some Bible verses here. I think that'll be great. And then we have, uh, let's look at our pictures too, and we'll read these. Um, just a little review. We looked at these pictures before. Your hunger for righteousness, hunger for manna. Never lose your hunger for manna. Never lose that hunger for manna. Never be praying for quail, right? Mm. If I just have some quail, shut up and eat some manna. All right. Thirst for the water from the rock. Thirst for righteousness. You know what coil represents? Desiring advanced teaching that God is not speaking today. Mm-hmm. Desiring mystical teaching, advanced righteousness that the Father has not spoken today. It's eating outside the perimeter of what God's feeding his people. That's what quail that killed the Israelites was. Yep, and you'll notice as you rise, there's certain things that he'll give you access to learn and to study, and other things, if they're outside of that, it's usually because of an impulse of the bone thrown of Da'at. And so you may get a little bit of taste of something, but you never go beyond the grace that he's given you to study a certain topic. You know, we talked about Hesed and being on Hesed Messiah before getting into oral tradition on your own study. That happened first, that's a protective measure. 
and that's biblical through the book of Enoch. We already established that. But then as you rise, like let's say when I was in like world six, I started to get little tastes of, you know, world seven. And then, ooh, what's beyond, ooh, you know, he would give me little bits and pieces. But if I ever went into trying to study things, especially when I was in Yetzirah, uh, there's a real temptation, especially in Yetzirah. You're like, ooh, I want to know what's up there. Ooh, what's he got? You know, because then you have the resources and you have the knowledge and you have some of the places you can look for it. But if you're not guided by the Holy Spirit, it ain't going to be good. Maybe ask it for quail. You know what happens to people who eat quail. All right. Hunger for manna. This is a nice look at the picture here. Circumcision, what it looks like. Mm. And then we talked about the membrane. Some people are getting better at seeing the membrane, which is pretty cool. All right, that can be the tricky one. Today I was dealing with the membrane of Gavura, and it was so mm -hmm. exclusively satanic how wicked the membrane is. It's so much more deceptive than the foreskin of every rung, beginning in Earth all the way up to Keter, that... The higher you go up in the worlds, the more the membrane sticks out as the very throne of Satan Lucifer. And that has never been more apparent than today for me. Yeah, these, these verses on hunger for manna, <laughs> I was feeling so hungry today. And uh, look at this. Exodus 16.31 The house of Israel called the bread manna. It was like coriander seed, white. And it tasted like flat pastry wafers made with honey. Mmm. Sounds good. Numbers 11, 7 through 9. Now the manna and the BSB. Now the manna resembled coriander seed and its appearance was like that of gum resin. The people walked around and gathered it, ground it on a hand mill, or crushed it in mortar and then boiled it in a cooking pot or shaped it into cakes. Mmm. <laughs> oh, man. You know, honey, just, they made it into honey cakes. They made it. They were getting creative with it. Like, let's make it into some cakes. Mmm. That sounds good right now, actually. Tasted like a pastry Ancient baked... donuts. It tasted like pastry baked with fine oil. Ooh, like expensive Italian or French oil you might get from Think overseas. Croissants. Man, that does sound good. Then, when the dew fell on the camp at night, the manna would fall with it. So what are you going to do with manna? Boil it or cook it, put it in a cooking pot, or shape it into cakes. Mmm. Pastry baked with fine oil like croissants and other varieties of delicious pastries. I love manna. Mm. Ezekiel 16, 13 through 14. New King James Version. Thus you were adorned with gold and silver, right? That's Gevran has said. And your clothing was of fine linen, silk. That's expensive, right? Fine silk, embroidered cloth. That was expensive too. You know, they didn't just have like sewing machines. You know, everything's embroidered at the store now. Back then they didn't really have all that. So it took time. And as someone who was an expert in embroidering, especially if you're going to embroider something like silk it's already expensive as it is so it's going to take quite a bit of money and abundance to have that kind of clothing that's a lot basically think like french haute couture runway fashion except not 
like trash, not the trash bag runways, not those ones where they literally look like they're wearing trash bags. Yeah, the seamless garment Jesus Christ wore in scripture was three men's wages of money, the Bible says, which was over $150,000 for the robe that Jesus Christ of Nazareth wore. So, thus you were adorned with gold and silver. So, gold and silver above and below. Think like fine jewelry, gold jewelry, silver jewelry. Your clothing was French haute couture and Italian designer. You ate pastry of fine flour, honey, and oil. You were exceedingly beautiful and succeeded to royalty. Your fame went out among the nations because of your beauty, for it was perfect through my splendor which I have bestowed on you, says the Lord God. Ezekiel 16, 19. Also my food, that's capital M, my food, that's God's food, which I gave you. That's God's food, the pastry of fine flour, oil, and honey, which I fed you. You set it before them as sweet incense, and it was so, oh, angel flash, wow. And it was so, mm, God's food. The food had a fragrance. Mm. The food was so heavenly that it had a sweet incense. Smells so good. You know when someone's baking something amazing and you're just like, oh, yes. What you making? You got enough for me? You know, you wander into the kitchen you're like, surely there's enough to share, right? Genesis 18.6 So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, Quickly, get ready three measures of fine meal, knead it, and bake cakes. Mm. Exodus 6.31-33 The people called the special food manna. It was like small white coriander seeds and tasted like thin cakes made with honey. Moses told the people what the Lord said, Save a basket of this food for your descendants. Then they can see the food that I gave to you in the desert when I took you out of Egypt. And so, just like for an example, for like modern day deliciousness, baking, taking something sweet and and oil and shaping them into cakes, uh, we could just imagine something like this. Oh. Oh, this is what we're on the iPad? Put to death that nefesh that's wrong about literature. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. Then they can see the food that I gave to you in the desert when I took you out of Egypt. So Moses told Aaron, take a jar and fill it with a full basket of manna. Save this manna to put before the Lord. Save it for our descendants. That's wild. You had this all on the iPad before we started tonight, and it was the hungering and thirsting for righteousness. I was just so hungry for a pastry today. I really <laughs> wanted one of these cheese danishes from Starbucks or like a croissant or something. Hmm. And so I just decided I'm just going to eat those Bible verses. Yeah, in the spirit. Yeah, in the spirit. And That's good. It, yeah, it helps. But, you know, I, I wanted to share like this from Matthew 5, um, verse 5 for you guys, too. Blessed, inwardly, peaceful, spiritually secure, worthy of respect are the gentle, the kind-hearted, the sweet-spirited, the self-controlled, for they will inherit the earth. Matthew 5, 5, Amplified, verse 6. Blessed, joyful, nourished by God's goodness are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, those who actively seek right standing with God, for they will be completely Satisfied. Amen. So is this sweet in what? Spirit? 
Isn't that beautiful? I was just thinking yep. that they would be sweet if you eat something sweet like manna into your spirit. That will probably sweeten the spirit, just like when the the bitter waters turn sweet. When Amplified they goes into the definition of the original Greek mm. words that it was written in, and so that word there, gentle, in Matthew five five in the Amplified means sweet spirited. Wow. Gentle, divine gentleness. Everyone needs this. Write this down. Divine gentleness means sweet spirited. Directly from the Amplified, Matthew 5, verse 5. Amen. So when you get all angry, intense, and aggressive, and it's just not from the sweetness in your heart, the honey from the Word of God, you've just left the kingdom and gotten into demons. So you have to repent, go back to your first love, and the sweetness of the Word of God will sweeten your spirit Mm. with divine gentleness again. Until you learn how to stay sweet all the time. Amen. Right. And so you can repent to the pastry. (laughs) Save it for our descendants. Heavenly manna pastries. So if you have an accumulation of these items in your home, number one, please invite me over after this. And then number two, save them for your descendants. Then fasted cardio tomorrow morning. (laughs) Amen. <laughs> For it is thine holy fitness. <laughs> Amen. That is all. <laughs> all right, good night. We'll see you guys okay, tomorrow. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to hear this, Matthew 5? Okay, so he went up on a mountain, and so all the pictures tonight are feeding people with manna. Mm-hmm. So Moses went up on a mountain and fed them with angels. Upon the Israelites, Jesus went up on the mountain, Sermon on the Mountain, and began to feed them with the bread of his word. Mm -hmm. So as Christians, Messianic Jews, which is what a Christian is, Messianic Jews, you have to learn how to hunger for the word that's coming down from the king inside Jerusalem today. Did you eat from the king in Jerusalem today? If not, there might be some influence from the other side, the demonic, Mm. going on in your brain, in your heart, in your flesh. There might be snakes hanging off you tonight. There were snakes Mm. hanging off of them in the Exodus of old. Well, there's a lot of snakes Mm. hanging off of the Exodus today. The answer to dealing with these snakes is learning how to eat daily from the king of Jerusalem. Wait, so are you telling us (laughs) that you literally, it it boils down to the decision, snakes (laughs) or... This pastry, snakes or pastry. I mean, that doesn't seem like a very well, difficult Jesus decision. Said a, a good father like won't that. give you snakes and rocks. So, if you read the Bible, it references feasting um, when you're not eating God's word. That you are actually devouring serpents and scorpions and feces and urine. Mm. And that might sound extreme to some of you guys, but that's in the Bible. Yeah, That's in the Bible. That's what the wells would get stopped up with. And mm. they'd have to undig the wells throughout the whole you Old Testament. Think about that. Feces or pastry? Mm. Scorpions, snakes, urine, feces, or the sweet honey bread of the Jeez, holy angels Danish of the Garden of Eden. God's house. It's heaven or hell, people. Every day. That's a really good way to think about it. <laughs> It kind of, when you boil it down to that simplicity, it makes the the choice pretty obvious which one to choose. But you need that fresh enthusiasm for the Word because you might have read this 
a thousand times and be 50 years old in your walk with Jesus Christ today, but unless there is a fresh childlike enthusiasm for this word, you won't even be able to receive it in the fresh glory. Yeah. It'd just be an old callous word and you just go, I already knew that. I learned that in 1972. Okay. So you have to come with a fresh moral mental attitude with a sweet spirit in order to eat the daily bread. It's a posturing of the soul in order to receive from Jesus Christ on his throne instruction every day. This is a good one. I posted this online earlier. This is a great one for notes too if you feel like taking notes today. If your Torah study cannot be done with joy and enthusiasm for the sake of Torah alone, mm. right? For the sake of God, the word itself. That is evidence of the scholar demon. Mm. That's scholar and then hyphen demon. So if your Torah study cannot be done with joy and enthusiasm for the sake of Torah alone, that is evidence of the scholar demon whose demonic job title is strife against the Zadik or strife to the Zadik yep. or the Zedekim, right? So why do we say a joy and enthusiasm for the sake of Torah alone? Because let's say when someone finds out the benefits of studying Torah, mm. they might be excited and enthusiastic in the beginning, like, all right, I'm going to do it because I got, you know, these are the rewards. Yeah. It's still a lesser study because you're not studying for the sake of Torah alone. It's actually part of the scholar demon. The scholar demon might be excited to study, but it's for the benefit. What can I benefit out of it? And then it becomes about, you know, serving the demons and things like that. It doesn't mean that the benefits are not there. The benefits are going to come, but you want to have that joy and enthusiasm doing it for the sake of doing it because you love Torah, which is you love God, or you want to grow in your capacity to love God and do the right thing, which is really yeah, good. Yeah, keep your hearts clean. Oh, yeah, we have two more pastry verses. Might as well look at that picture again. Filling it. Uh, Leviticus, oh, a good Leviticus verse. Leviticus <laughs> 7, 13. I need a pastry. I'm studying Leviticus. <laughs> With the sacrifice of his peace offerings for Thanksgiving. Peace offerings for Thanksgiving. It's actually Sukkot right now. Sukkot, S-U-K-K-O-T. It's a Jewish holiday. It's ongoing until October 6th. And a lot of people lovingly refer to that as Jewish Thanksgiving. That's not technically what it is. Jewish Thanksgiving. They're in the Sukkot. What is the actual tabernacle? What is the structure? We're into the cosmic, supernal structure of righteousness. But, you know, that's up to you if you do want to, you know, make a structure or a tent in your backyard. I mean, by all means, there's no law against camping in your backyard. <laughs> you can. But if you leave out the cosmic structure and you only have a backyard structure, mm. then you're missing the point. But you can have as much fun engaging in Torah and enjoying this creation within the bounds of what God has planned for your life. Amen. He does leave room for creative fun and things that you come up he with. He also said my food was to do the will of my father. So he's eating mm -hmm. something called right. the father's will in order to grow. Right. So if I went to, let's say... A local bakery or just even to you know Starbucks has a pretty decent pastry and I love their Danish pastry or, or like or a good croissant there's a bakery that breakfast place that we like they have a really good croissant mm, yeah. that croissant is so good one time they gave us all they I don't know if they just didn't sell a lot that day or they like us there gave us a whole box free a couple times 
of free croissants. Yeah, free pastries. They're so much. 25 times. Oh my gosh, it's so good. <laughs> and you just got to share at that point because you're not like, who in their right mind is going to eat a whole box of that pastry? Not that I didn't consider it for a moment. It's so much sweet bread, we couldn't <laughs> even eat it all. It was so it was good. Like the baskets and the loaves. Oh, yeah. It felt like Thanksgiving. It felt like Sukkot, <laughs> Super Mill Sukkot. <Sukkot. laughs> So, but here's the thing, if I went, if I rolled up to the local Starbucks and I ordered me a Danish, a cheesy Danish, which sounds fantastic right now, and I ate it, but without eating manna today, that would be really sinful for me, right? Like, what business do I have eating mm. these Danishes if I'm not eating the flesh of Jesus, or what thirsting for righteousness is drinking Shekinah, drinking his transfigured blood, the invisible physical substance of Shekinah. Amen. So, what business do I have making a latte yeah. if I'm not drinking the blood of Jesus? What business do I have ordering a steak, a steak dinner, if I'm not getting into the meat of the word? It's just wrong. It's sin. Yeah, it's just not right. So, Leviticus seven thirteen through 14, with the sacrifice of his peace offerings for thanksgiving. Peace offerings for thanksgiving. He shall present his offering with cakes of leavened bread, not that flat stuff, mm. cakes of leavened bread. Of this, he shall present one cake from each offering as a contribution to the Lord. So it's a contribution to the Lord, but who gets it? It shall belong to the priest who sprinkles the blood of the peace offering. So there I found it, the mm. priest sprinkling the blood like we do on the sapphire stones, atoning the sins for the people, get cake. There's my argument. The angels can write that down. There we will have some, there's going to be cake. All right. Pastries on the inside, pastries on the outside. Amen. Yeah, that's uh, taking care of your above nature is the number one thing because that's what being born again is. Mm -hmm. John 3 says born above. So if that above nature is not the priority, then you go back into witchcraft by mm -hmm. prioritizing the below higher than the above, which is the definition of idolatry. And that's why you have to be circumcised as adults because you forget to develop the above after you're saved until the kingdom age. Then mm -hmm. everyone lives above only and nothing below mm -hmm. it is written. That's why uh, the eighth week is requirements for the... Um, Week 8 of Enoch, talking about the righteous inheriting houses. All right, one more uh, pastry verse here. Cakes and pastries. Mark, this is New Testament, New Torah. Mark 2, verse 19 through 22 in the message. Jesus said, when you're celebrating a wedding, y'all are planning on marrying God, right? When you're celebrating a wedding, you don't skimp on the cake and wine. You don't skimp on the cake and wine. You feast. <laughs> Later, you may need to pull in your belt, but not now. <laughs> as long as the bride and groom are with you, you have a good time. No one throws cold water on a friendly bonfire. This is kingdom come. He went on, No one cuts up a fine silk scarf to patch old work clothes. Right? Don't be cutting up your fine silk scarves of all the fine silk scarves that you have in your closet right now. Don't cut them up to patch old work clothes. You want fabrics that match. And you don't put your wine in cracked 
bottles. <laughs> That's a good word. Amen. I'd like to read some of the Sermon on the Mount right now. Oh, yes. I can see um, in the angelic arena right now, people understanding Moses and the Lamb as the same mountain in uh, heavenly Jerusalem today and how the bread comes down for everyone who loves God in the whole world. So this is a fresh perspective on Matthew 5 in the Amplified. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain. And when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he began to teach them, saying, Blessed, spiritually prosperous, happy to be admired are the poor in spirit, those devoid of spiritual arrogance. <laughs> so this, this is going really deep because we're dealing with this haughtiness. haughtiness yeah. So the poor in spirit, that word is pakuda in Greek. It means to be devoid of spiritual arrogance, devoid of the arrogance that comes with knowledge. Amen? Amen. Even external goodness that's not the merited goodness of Messiah. All of that arrogance is the haughtiness that keeps a person um, in poverty, it is written in Proverbs. So we need en masse global repentance from haughtiness that causes the demonic poverty. Blessed are the poor in spirit, those devoid of spiritual arrogance, haughtiness, those who regard themselves as insignificant. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven, both now and forever. Blessed forgiven. To be blessed means to be forgiven, refreshed by God's grace, are those who mourn over their sins and repent. For they will be comforted when the burden of sin is lifted. Matthew 5, 4, Amplified. Blessed, inwardly peaceful, mm. spiritually secure, worthy of respect are the gentle, the kind-hearted, the sweet-spirited, mm. the self-controlled. Gevorot. Gevorot. Mm. Amen. For they will inherit Malkut, earth. Mm. Blessed, joyful, nourished by God's goodness are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. <laughs> I was just thinking, you gotta go get me some pastries. I'm trying to take over the world. <laughs> so what does it mean to hunger and thirst for righteousness? Those who actively seek right standing with yad heh vav -Heh. God, for they will be completely satisfied. And we're pretty satisfied, but we're getting more satisfied every day. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. The Amen. Song of Ascent. So David, <laughs> he says, My heart is not haughty. Yade, oh, yade, valve. My eyes are not haughty. So it says, My heart is not proud. My eyes are not haughty. I do not aspire to great matters or things too lofty or too high for me, too mm. difficult, too great. So those things higher in Yadhe Vave than he can attain. That's what you're just talking about. That's such a key. Exactly. I want to explain that a little bit because this is something you have to implement into your spiritual life. Otherwise, 
you get into pride and the demons take you captive in the Tower of Babel and you're no longer even in Christianity at all. It's not trying to wrap your mind over things higher than your current elevation. It's mm-hmm. being in the childlike awe of things higher than you, like children around parents. That's how the student is around the teacher, Jesus Christ, on the throne, our rabbi. Amen? Amen. In his resurrection, he's called Rabboni, which means Amen. the greatest teacher. Rabboni means the greatest teacher. So that's an eternal state of being since he's raised from the dead and has conquered death. What is our attitude towards our Rabboni, Messiah Jesus Christ, in heavenly Jerusalem today? It must be childlike awe and wonder of the things of the angels that are higher than our current state. Now, you can be raised from the dead up seven worlds like I am, but I am not allowed to be haughty of things higher than me. Otherwise, I feel my soul going outside the Kabbalah circles of this world of absolute and I begin to leave the gates of Jerusalem. You can feel those temptations on every rung. Mm-hmm. Down on the earth, there's so much disorder that no one even has the standard of holy angels like they do in heaven. So it's just kind of a, a madhouse. But you have to come within the boundary stones, as it's written in Torah, the boundary stones of thought life, word life, and correct every area where you're in rebellion towards Jesus Christ in the earth right now. And that rebellion and that religion, that haughtiness, that pride is corrected by childlike awe and reverential fear of Rabboni Jesus Christ who teaches us his word by his Holy Spirit every single day, today and forevermore. Amen. Amen. So blessed, joyful, nourished by God's goodness are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, those who actively seek right standing with Yarevave, for they will be completely satisfied. Keep hungering and thirsting, and your life will continue to improve. And why do we want it to improve? The point Apostle Rebecca made earlier is because we wanted to improve for Messiah. See, this is, you come in and you want your life to improve for you or your family or your spouse, your house, or your bank account, or your situation. Just forget it. Go serve demons. Unless your intentions of your heart are to serve Messiah, studying the word becomes idolatry for the benefit of self instead of the benefit of God, which means it's not even used for the correct Mm. purpose. And that is a huge aspect in religion that you deal with every day. I have a little, just a very short snippet here from the oral tradition of Moses on pastries and bread and being open Mm. to receiving teaching. This is really good. Want to take a look at it? Yeah, let's look at the picture while we read it. It's helpful. It is. I really like these Danishes. (laughs) I really love croissants also. But manna is even more delicious. Amen. It gives life to the the food that you eat, right? When you eat in the increase of Shekinah, it's like, wow, this food tastes amazing, you know? There was a man who lived in the mountains. He knew nothing about those who lived in the city. He sowed wheat and ate the kernels raw. 
One day he entered the city. Remember, he has no idea what goes on in a city. One day he entered the city. He's out here eating raw wheat kernels. They all, one day he entered the city. They offered him good bread. The man asked, what's this for? They replied, it's bread to eat. He ate and it tasted very good. He asked, what's it made of? They answered, wheat. Later, they offered him thick loaves kneaded with oil. He tasted them and asked, what are these made of? And they answered him, wheat. Later, they offered him royal pastry kneaded with honey and oil. They offered him his very first Starbucks Danish They've been living on the, the Cub Foods bakery of white bread. <laughs> it's like Wonder Bread. I wonder what's in this bread. It's like all... <laughs> Hopefully not styrofoam, amen? Like the Subway sandwiches. No, wait, no, they said that's not in there. Okay. The ducks won't even eat it. The ducks won't. That's how you know it's from Satan's kingdom. This, came, this bread came from the Clippeth. I'm not eating it. <laughs> all right. So... Later they offered him royal pastry, kneaded with honey and oil. He asked, and what are these made of? They answered, wheat. He said, surely I am the master of all these, since I eat the essence of all these. Wheat! Because of that view, he knew nothing of the delights of the world which were lost on him. So it is with one who grasps the principle, but is unaware of all those delectable delights deriving, diverging from that principle. Now, what does this pertain to on sapphire stones here? Revelation comes down from above. So all, re all revelation comes down the sapphire stones, which means any any height that anyone ascends to, when you go there, you have the same seed. It's that same kernel of wheat. Which means there's nothing new under or above the sun on the rungs you've already conquered that you won't already have the kernel, the seed of that revelation because it all comes through sapphire stones. So it's actually impossible for anyone out there to come up with, it's like, oh, some new revelation, some new pretended revelation, when this very seed of it, the seed is the engraving of that sapphire stone. Now, here's why you have to always maintain humility. As you rise, you have those seeds. You receive the seed of the word of the apostles who have the inscriptions. The inscriptions, the engravings are the seed. That's the seed. Consecration, it's called. So when you plant that seed, now someone might be farming. God likes variety in his garden. So it contains a pattern after its own kind, right? It produces fruit that has seed after its own kind. When you have that it, its own kind, let's say Gevra or Hased, for example, you might have gardened uh, Gevra or Hased. So that seed that's just Gevra. Well, there. How many Gevra are there? How many worlds up does it go? It goes In on forever. Infinite. <laughs> so when you're going up to a world and you receive the seed in that world to produce after its own kind, according to that world, according to that seed that produces fruit. He likes to have that individual 
uniqueness, right? When you go outside, we might have two exactly identical, genetically identical apple trees, but their branches grow in slightly different directions. If they're both healthy, they'll both produce what? The same exact kind of apple. Mm. Now, if one is like strangled and we plant a bunch of thorns around it and we don't protect it with the wire so the deer come and gnaw on it and the bunnies when it was really little, like we're chewing it half to death. Mm -hmm. Now the quality of the fruit, that thing has been just like eaten by bunnies since birth, you know, attacked yeah, by deer when it got older. Fruit. It might not Same produce. Same DNA. It might not even produce fruit. Same DNA. So you protect it. What do you protect the trees from while they grow? From knowledge that's higher than what they can handle, otherwise it'll kill them. That's what happened with Adam and Eve in the garden. A lot so, of things happened, but yep. it, that knowledge, Hardiness. yeah, they weren't they weren't uh, tall enough to sustain that kind of information, that kind of knowledge. It would literally destroy them. It's like we talked about babies. If anyone brought in like a brand newborn baby, like a couple days, a couple months old, and someone comes in, they give it a piece of steak. You'd be like, get away from my baby. Are you a murderer or are you a baby murderer? Is that what you are? You know? But we don't understand the spiritual things. Why? Because spiritual principles aren't usually taught. I'm not talking about ideas. We're talking about the realities of how everything works in the physical, <laughs> invisible realm, which is more solid and more real than the visible, physical realm. It's what it's based off of. So anything that happens in the invisible, physical, it affects the physical, invisible. Well, what about the imagination? What about all the in-between stuff? The imagination is meant to be a bridge to connect both worlds. So when there is uh, problems in the imagination because of sin, especially like lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, that will cause uh, false visions, right? Or if you're fornicating with a religious demon, like a self-superior haughty demon, it's like, I'm holy, I'm better than that, I'm not like those people, I would never do that. But you've never been tempted in that, and you actually probably would have done worse than them if you've been tempted at that level, so you can't judge like that, right? You never had to face those principalities. You probably would have been a worse <laughs> horror than those people. You don't know because what? You weren't there. You didn't go through it. You, God didn't even allow you to be tempted at that level because you probably couldn't even handle it. So not only have, if people repent from worse sins than you've ever partook from, praise God for their deliverance and their repentance and understand you were not considered worthy to have been even tempted with those kinds of situations. So it's a good humbling, like, I thank you that you didn't allow me to be tempted beyond what I could handle there. So you can never judge and criticize people who are walking in repentance from, you know, sins. You can never know someone after the nefesh, never know them after the flesh, because who knows? You know, it's like a lot of people laugh about the, you know, the golden calf and then the sand, like, I wouldn't have done that. How do you know? That was the temptation at the time. Yeah. You don't know. You might have done worse than that. Humility repents mm -hmm. of it as if you were there. Yep. <laughs> and so have reverence for the grace. If someone has received grace to repent of a sin, never hold that sin against them. Always put away the former things and never consider yourself better than them because you hadn't sinned in that way. You don't understand. Most people don't understand the strength of principality level temptations or cosmic level Temptation. So honor those who go before you. Honor those who are in repentance from their previous life or their previous sins and let it glorify God and let it be a point of worship that God has provided a way out for these people. Okay?
It's a really good, good perspective. So the seed, that man, he was eating the raw kernels. So when you have the raw kernel of something, well, let's say, uh, let's say somebody goes up and plants a seed of hesed or, or gevra or whatever sapphire stone. God will cultivate it uniquely in you, which means when you get a, a revelation, if you have that engraving on sapphire stone, you can understand anyone's revelation as they share it, you'll go into the vision of it on sapphire stones, which means what? Again, you have to have humility because even though you have the same seed, which means it's not, you'll, it's not something you haven't seen the seed of, that unique form, it's coming forth bearing fruit, you can still taste and eat of it and it'll be brand new in that form, right? Let's say there's, out of all the apples on the tree or out of all the strawberries in the patch, there's one really juicy one. Oh, man. And if someone wants to bring that to you and share it with you, what's the worst thing you could do? I've already seen an apple. I know what strawberries are. Are you saying I don't know what strawberries Like, are you retarded? Are you insane? Like, how about, like, let's share that and cut it up and dip it into some caramel sauce, you know? Something delicious, you know, and enjoy eating that together. But then you realize, you're like, has mainly Christianity been a bunch of retarded people eating poop? And I already know an apple is that. And just like, oh, oh, we're lucky to be alive. We're lucky to be alive. We've been doing this so wrong. For so, it's, it's We've been so wandering wrong. in the wilderness for 2,000 years. And even worse than there, at least they ate nice cakes. Look, they were eating this. We think, in Christianity, we think we're better than that. Out here eating poop. Drinking pee in the right. invisible in realm, the That's what laughing you, at the people in the golden the calf idolatry when it's like 10 times worse at least because we don't understand the physical invisible realm. It's pretty bad. They were drinking demonic urine thinking it was the Holy Spirit of 19. Final quest chapter Ooh. one. Final quest chapter one. Who were they? Mm-hmm. All charismatic Christians. Yep. I mean, it's just astonishing, but you know, we've been in full time ministry for almost two decades. It's true. It's true. Only on the mountain do you begin really receiving the river of life without mm-hmm. the mixture of the demonic. When you begin to sacrifice your heart, get the circumcisions, and rise from glory to glory for the first time. Amen. And just like the guy that we read about, even if you get the engraving of a sapphire stone, never reject the pastry that someone, if someone makes a royal cake with it mm. and brings it to you, and you're like, what's that? Or I already know that. Right? He always he thought he was the master of all wheat. I'm the master of all these. If someone brings you a pastry, but you understand the kernel, the seed, receive the pastry. Eat it. I think it's fascinating, too. It was made, all of them, out of wheat. But the skill level of the baker varied greatly from no skill at all to a master chef, mm-hmm. which is likened to the rabbi or the rab or the rabboni, the ability to bring God's truth down sapphire stones without the mixture of demons or human beings. Amen. Lord is like, here, eat these raw kernels. Like, <laughs> I found these. It's like someone who, eat like... Eat this bird seed. Eat this bird seed, yeah. <laughs> no. no. Make it Wait, into see that royal bread. Yeah, make, let's make a Danish. Make a, make a croissant in France. At the highest level with the finest flour and just the right, you know, where they cut the. So the you have the same ingredients. This is a great principle for people to begin valuing teaching on sapphire mm-hmm. stones, true righteousness. 
it's the same ingredients. It's mm-hmm. all Bible. You got a mm-hmm. hundred million people with Bibles in America, but who can teach on sapphire stones the Bible mm-hmm. needed yes. with oil and and fine oh, uh, ingredients so and the same ingredients, but turn it into something that's called a royal cake. See, this is why the teaching of the twelve apostles of the Lamb is the government of the twenty-four elders of the throne of Jesus Christ. Why? Because the Word is made their flesh. The Torah of Yadavave is made their flesh. And I tell you the truth, Revelation nineteen, the riders on white horses are all Torah, the finest royal bread made flesh, flesh and bones. Of the word of God. It's the same genetics as God the Father himself in heaven. Of these ones, he's not ashamed to call brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters of what genetics? Scripture. Scripture mm-hmm. is the genetics of God. <laughs> it's so good. See, this is why I like coming to Joel's Bar. Because there's always cake. You can tell your you friends. Can see, <laughs> some people don't do anything with the scriptures and stay human beings. Which means it never does anything to benefit their soul. They don't know how to engage in Torah, and so it's mm-hmm. just like gravel in their mouths or just like spears into their ears. And it doesn't produce a different creature. So the most important thing in life is learn how to engage the Word of God, Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. the Word of God, with enthusiasm. Yes. You come each day. Willing to change as a lo- a lump of clay, a-, a loaf of bread, and let him, as the very seed, as the ability to change you, begin to get into the dough. Mm. He says a little leaven leavens the whole bunch, but he was also yeast. He was also the ability mm. to for the the rising of the the leavened bread. You have unleavened bread in Leviticus. And you have leaven bread. Which was a gift to the Lord, which means give it to the priests so they can eat it. <laughs> he wants you to rise on the bread. He doesn't want you to stay flat on the earth. So it's like Jesus is also the seed that causes the rising or the word to be made your flesh for your body, your bones to mm-hmm. rise under the moon, your bones mm-hmm. to rise under the sun. When you get sun sealed in your bones, you know what? No sorcery or divination in the world of 200 million fallen angels will work against you. That's written in Numbers 23.23. No sorcery and no divination works against Israel. What is Israel? The sun. Or is that Joseph's dream? His father was the sun in the Bible. Amen? Mm -hmm. Well, the father is the sun in Revelation of the New Testament Bible also. Old Testament, New Testament, the father is the sun, S-U-N, and he has healing in his beams. So what's the healing of his beams? Of the sun of righteousness, S-U-N, the one in your sky right now? The bread of heaven being made your flesh and bones, mm. obliterating all the haughtiness of religious pride in the whole world. Amen? Amen. Let's look at, the, <laughs> let's look at some of the Hebrew here. So if you have your notes, for those of you who like to study the Hebrew words, pastry... Note 333. Yeah, that's all I know. <laughs> Pastry renders lechem panag. So that's, uh, for the transliteration, that's L-E-H-E-M, lechem, and then space, panag, that's P-A-N-N-A-G. Pastry. 
which is apparently a biblical apex legomenon. 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 <laughs> this is fun to say. Apex right. legomenon. So, so it's a it's a meaning meal or ground seeds of grain. And what's interesting here, this is really interesting, <laughs> is that the matzah, the unleavened bread, represents the bread of poverty or the bread of affliction. Right, the matzah is what you eat when you're in that Egyptian affliction. You're in flight. You don't have time to make cakes and rise and do all that. You just gotta eat the matzah and get out of there. Just it's obey. Like lateral time to uh, get out. repentance versus mm -hmm. vertical repentance. You need both. Yep. So get to the hightail it to the mountain, and there you will get manna. So embrace the matzah. Matzah's good. What does that mean? Obedience before you have your own revelation, your own understanding. Here comes Moses, here comes deliverers saying, hey, we gotta go get to the mountain, get the Torah. You know, you wanna go up nine weeks to Simshat Torah, throwing cakes, you know, glowing stones full of Shekinah, literally go up the mountain and be made holy. And you know, how much can you receive of that before having your own understanding? That's matzah, which is obedience to the apostolic. And later on, you get the manna. He starts to make sense. The understanding comes, especially when you go up to Bina, or when you go up to the world of Berea, and you get a neshama, because it is written, the neshama will give us understanding, will give us discernment. The neshama will give us discernment. All right. And, Last uh, night, when dealing with all of this, and it's carrying over today and just building upon a wonderful teaching lesson, we were contemplating how all the God-breathed Word comes down through gemstones. So how do you stay enthusiastic about daily engagement of God's Holy Word that has the ability to completely transfigure your lives and destroy all the powers of hell? How do you stay enthusiastic about it? Well, the word of God, the Torah of Yadivave, only comes down from heaven to earth through gemstones. It only comes down from heaven to earth, if you understand creation, through literal gemstones. Rare and precious mm -hmm. living gemstones. Costly beyond human imagination. Remember that when you engage the word. Mm. As it's written, your word is more precious than rubies and diamonds in Proverbs. But you don't really actually believe it until that word begins to take over your heart and your mind and your consciousness. And you realize this word is more valuable than rubies and sapphires as it's written in Proverbs. It comes down through rubies and sapphires, and it comes down through diamonds, and it comes down through sapphire stones. It comes down the path of lightnings to nourish you every single day. That's the value of the word. It is literally conducted through gemstones every single time you engage in the word of God. Amen. And so unleavened bread is known as poverty, bread of poverty. Unleavened bread, bread of poverty, right? You've had enough poverty, Buckwheat. Right, so eat some matzah. Amen. What does that all represent? Well, they what were they in Egypt? Externally, yes, poverty. They were poverty. They were in poverty. But when you eat the matzah, poverty of spirit is also a good quality, which means you understand that there's nothing in and of yourself that is good. Only He is good, and so you learn to obey. What's the obedience? You eat matzah. 
So blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the what? The kingdom, the Malkut of heaven. Which means when you eat the matzah and you recognize your poverty of spirit and that you require Christ, you require instruction, you will receive his sent ones and the word they give, you will obey in Exodus, which is get to the sapphire stones, buckwheat. And poverty of spirit, pakuda, there means mm -hmm. to be of a sweet, gentle spirit. Mm -hmm. It means your spirit is actually sweet with the honey of the Torah of Yadivavu. For theirs is the Malkut of heaven, right? The the first sapphire stone, which means you eat that matzah coming out of black Malkut. Now you get Malkut because why? You obeyed the apostolic instructions, right? Moses is coming to you. Why? What does Moses represent? Tiferet. Who is Tiferet of the generation? The, the Zadik. Zadik of the Zadikim. You believe the word, you eat the matzah, you come out of black Malkut. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the Malkut. You know, the Malkut of heaven is within you, Jesus said. Which means, come out of Egyptian thinking, Egyptian mentality, which was a lot of greed and lust and lust of the eyes and uh, the idolatry, idolatry towards money, external things. Like, where's and my quail? secret player? knowledge. Secret the, knowledge, esoteric. The sorcery esoteric, of Egypt yeah. still rules the world of Satan and his angels of every nation on the planet today. But we're mm -hmm. obliterating it with righteousness. Amen. Amen. And so <laughs> Shekinah is also known as the bread of poverty. It's the matzah. The matzah is literally Shekinah. So don't despise that. But where? why is she matzah? Or when? until when is she matzah? So she's matzah until... Shekinah receives the nourishment from Yasad, bringing down all the, the nutrients. All, think about all the pastry ingredients coming down from the higher places. It channels all the way into Yasad, and then it directs it right into Shekinah. Shekinah of Malkut in union with Yasad, which is delicious pastry. The rocks don't cry out around here. The cats cry out. Mm-hmm. They love it. I, it, I could Hi, hear Kitty. the cats crying out, Amen, just now. Yeah. Like, oh, I love it. That is it. You're saving the world. Thanks, Mom. Yay. Oh, I just came by to say hi. Yeah. Thank you. So to Shekinah. Shekinah receives that. So so if, if the Shekinah is no longer unleavened bread after it received nourishment from those higher sapphire stones, right, sapphire stones, they all come down the lightning path. The colors, the emanations, the qualities of God, his mm -hmm. 13 qualities of compassion, and they channel into the moon, and then it beams right into Shekinah, Malkut of Shekinah. And that's where it comes into the earthen vessel. That's why with the Kabbalah of that show, Sailor Moon, why is it powerful coming through the Sailor Moon? The whole thing about the moon is the, the, the prince of... The moon is represented as the Zadik, which means it's just a representative of Joseph. Zadik also purity. means king of righteousness. Mm -hmm. yep. Right, it means righteous one. And the, they say that that's the Zadik is, is the, um, what do they say? The Zadik is the foundation of the Olam or the world. So on this rock, I will build my church. He's talking about righteous foundations of purity. So it all begins with sexual purity, and it, all the colors, all the colors of the rainbow, all the colors of the sapphire stones, 
go down into Yasad. So when Shekinah receives from Yasad, that's when she is no longer unleavened bread, matzah, no longer bread of poverty. So when those rich ingredients come down from above, you have enough ingredients to make something like cheese Danish from <laughs> Starbucks. Amen. And even better than that, French pastries. It's also the pre the presentation with the ingredients the Father has given you in His Son Jesus Christ, His teaching, His the twelve apostles of mm -hmm. Jesus Christ, and everything that you have from heaven that showers the earth constantly. It's called the rain. Rain is called everything that God has brought to earth. And you have the ability to present to the Father something delicious that he'll eat and receive and literally devour into his light. So that's ultimately what fruitfulness is, is the ability to take everything that's come down from God and give it back to God through your hearts and souls okay. and bodies and flesh and bones okay. and say... Here is the fruitfulness of your labors, Heavenly Father. Six <laughs> days you labored, and on the seventh day you rested. Why is he resting in the seventh day? Now for his creation to return everything back to him in glory. You know what really got me? Is when you're saying all the ingredients God provides to you, what are you going to do with it? And then I just have some visual aids here. If you present that to the Father, <laughs> let's say he gave you all the that's ingredients. That's the Dookie Danish. <laughs> I just kind of lost it there for a minute. It's like, we gave you all the that's ingredients. That's not from Starbucks. Like... That's from Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Uh, somebody put that in the notes. Like, if you said, hey, guys, found this new teaching. <laughs> Dookie Danish from Starbucks. But I took good notes at Joel's bar. Why didn't it turn out the same? You probably burnt it to a crisp in the oven. <laughs> Maybe missing a few ingredients. Might have been twisted through a behemoth. Twisted through a behemoth. <laughs> behemoth bakery right there. <laughs> it's so fun. <laughs> so you could have all the right ingredients, all the resources, and all the knowledge, but if you're not baking in humility, right? Maybe a little overconfident in one's skills. I'm, a I'm essentially a French patissier in the... <laughs> I've got greater skills. I've been to France. Man, you guys, over the years, I've heard thousands of buckwheats tell me that they were the sons of God. And like, oh my gosh, the rebellion has been so insane. They were absolutely not the sons of, of God. And so most people have a higher judgment of themselves than the Word of God does working in their spirit. You have to have humility. Humility is agreeing with the measure that the word has conquered your heart. <laughs> Write that down. True humility is a, the brain agreeing with the measure the word of God has conquered your own heart. Which means if there's no circumcisions of mineral level, earth, <laughs> Malkut, there's literally zero humility in you. And that's why it's just like preaching to hardened hearts, like stony hearts. And if we're honest with ourselves, that's mostly... What you deal with every day. Very few people's hearts actually have the emanations of Shekinah through the circumcisions of the Word of God, true Judaism. Romans chapter 2 is what? Circumcision of heart. 
Which means if you can't show people the Shekinah glory of your heart that has received circumcision, there's no real covenant promises at work in your hearts yet. It's mostly just in your heads, and your hearts still belong to self, which is the idolatry of the fallen angels in you. Right. So it's like what you're thinking that you're doing or becoming <laughs> is not quite exactly matching the picture. Like, we have some visual aids here. Mm. You're like, I'm a lamb. But I, I put it all into my brain, but just, <laughs> but there in the bottom, you can see there, it didn't hit the heart yet. It's not. <laughs> it's still in your head. You need to, that Bob Jones used to usually say that the distance between your head and your heart is the the longest reach in the universe. Wow, that's wise. I have one more visual aid here. But I followed the instructions just like you told me. Mm. Sometimes the you know, learning takes it takes time, it takes practice, you know. I listen to <laughs> five <laughs> Zadik teachings and then they go and then they do that. <laughs> That's why we stay in Word Academy literally for many, many mm. years, like twenty years. Please don't make anyone eat your bro your burnt croissants. That's not love. Okay. Even Pharisees who had the whole Bible memorized took 14 plus 3 years in Word Academy to turn it into actual living bread. All they had mm -hmm. was dead man's bones. Remember Saul of Tarsus? Apostle Paul who wrote your whole New Testament? Took him 14 plus 3 years, even though he had the entire Bible memorized, to turn it into something living. Because all he had was death in him. <laughs> Amen. That's a good word. Yeah. So the process of the Word be, being made alive and active and energized is the process of engaging in Torah. Mm. Engaging in Torah is the Word emanating the light of life from your spirit. And your spirit, all of you have a spirit, is the center of your soul. If you're up here in just carnal consciousness, you're not even dealing with your spirit at all, which means you're just living in the lie. The lie is just living in the human being, 666 in the forehead, humanity in the forehead, it is written. Beast or behemoth. The word beast, there is behemoth in the forest. You're just living totally locked into the natural realm like animals. So to come out of the animalic into the angelic requires an valuing of inner intelligence and learning how to receive the word, knowing that it saves you from your own intelligence. God's word is the intelligence of God. It becomes alive and turns into actual angelic IQ, literal genius. That intelligence, as it's written in Paul's epistles, grow in intelligence. Well, I'm just born with this IQ. Well, that's not scriptural. I don't know what demon told you that. With the psychology of Satan, the Bible says, grow in intelligence because you increase in God's word. God's word is the inner intelligence working in your spirit. Here's the problem. Greeks seek knowledge. You're in a culture of Greek universities, right? That's true. All your education systems in the whole planet are all Greek-based of the ancient culture of Greece, which is symbolized by the goat head or pan. Okay, so it means that now my intelligence is limited to my human brain. How many of y'all know that's not Christianity? 
you have the mind of Christ, which means my intelligence is not limited to my human being. I now have God in me, who is unlimited intelligence as I yield to him, and he teaches me Torah. So engaging in Torah is always an increase of angelic IQ. Otherwise, it's just Grecian pan-worship of the fallen angels. Greeks seek knowledge. That. We want to avoid worship in pan. Amen? Amen. You'd be surprised. That's mainly what I've been wrestling the last four days over the earth is this principality of pan. And you've heard of pan. Pan is a Greek demon, fallen angel principality that puts you in a labyrinth of knowledge. <laughs> oh, it's like worshiping. It's like worshiping the pan that burnt that croissant. Yeah. And That's the problem. ancient Greeks had Pan as one of their gods because they all worshipped the fallen angels. That's how their civilizations were established. Well, now mm. we're repenting from all of that mixture in the Tower of Babel because Tower of Babylon the Great mm. is the mixture of all the fallen angels' ability in one system worldwide. And you're all coming out of that system. Amen. How? Mm. By returning to the Word of God and learning how to eat, learning how to drink righteousness, learning how to stay in childlike awe, of Rabboni, Jesus mm. Christ, and his 24 elders around his throne, teaching you the ways of angels and the ways of heaven so that you can be saved. Amen. Progressively, with an mm. ever-increasing salvation in the measurements of the Word of God working in your hearts. The evidence that the Word is working in your hearts is always the evidence of Shekinah, which is the Hebrew word for light. God is light. God is what? Shekinah. In him there is no darkness at all. When you put scripture in, is there darkness at all? Well, it ain't God's word. It's not the living word. What makes the word of God, Jesus Christ, alive and active and energized? It's pure Shekinah. What does the word look like? This will help you be in awe and enthusiastic in studying scripture. What does the word look like? It looks like Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus as a ball of light so bright that it blotted out the noonday desert sun. That is written Torah right there, Jesus Christ, the Torah of Yadevave. Revelation 19, it is written. Mm -hmm. Where on his right leg? Torah of Yadevave. Amen? Amen. That's what the Bible says. What does it actually look like? Well, we're like, well, my cell phone. Mm. Well, no, when it comes off the pages, it's forming a ball of light inside you, a bright morning star rising in your heart as you engage in the prophetic word. Second Peter 1.19, it is written. So see how much religion we're dealing with? That's all the valley of fallen angel mm. influence in your souls. It needs to be obliterated. Just let it be washed out of you into the lake of fire. Let it be uprooted mm. out of your bowels and through your hearts and your minds and just washed in the water of the living word of God, which is pure Shekinah light. It looked like an orb hovering and levitating over the Damascus road about 20 feet. What happened? The religious Pharisee, full of the dead letter, having the whole Bible memorized, Saul of Tarsus, Pharisee of Pharisees, going around arresting Christians, is blinded. So what is the imagery of a person engaging in Torah for the first time? Blindness receiving true light from a levitating being 20 feet off the road of the human being. Amen? Amen. That's what engaging in Torah is 
every single day of your lives. When you have expectations, well, I gotta be on a donkey, and I gotta be on Damascus, and it's gotta be 2,000 years ago. Buckwheat, you are locked in a cellar with Satan's hell right now. That's mm. not, it is figurative. It's written down for your daily discipleship right now. It's active and energized in your situation. All of you right now, me too, are on Damascus Road. When I engage in Torah, I picture myself on the horse, mm, letting the bright morning star slay me with his word, and I just fall off my horse every day. That's dying daily, mm. right? The same man who fell off his horse was the one that got slayed by the word, which is called salvation. Salvation is learning how to receive the word of God like Saul on the road to Damascus. Let the light slay you. That's enthusiasm towards the word of God. Amen? You can have that when you screen mirror the word. You allow that Shekinah to come right off the word because the Holy Spirit's omnipresent, the Bible says. So the Shekinah is the spirit of Jesus Christ, the spirit of glory coming through the word of God, slaying all of your pride, all of your humanity. How often do we need to get slain? Well, about as often as they were fed manna. In the morning, in the evening, they ate it all day long until they were completely stuffed in it, hunger and thirst for righteousness, and you'd be satisfied and filled, it is written. Some people just need five minutes, give me ten minutes of daily devotional. I tell you the truth, other people are still hungry after eight hours of engaging in Torah. It's all about how hungry you are. Um, I don't have time for that. You'll be surprised when you engage with mm -hmm. the maker of heaven and earth Time will open up and right. serve God. When you can feel your invisible <laughs> stomach, you'll start to feel your invisible stomach's hunger. When you're calloused because of iniquity in your invisible senses, right? Your invisible man, which is physical, your senses are calloused from iniquity, from religion, religion and rebellion. So when you get the iniquity out, you start to become more tender toward the Holy Spirit, but also you start to feel the invisible. It's not just like, well, what's happening? Like, ow, something just poked me. Or, man, my in my other belly is hungry. Like, you feel so hungry. It gets us strong, literally. If we're starving for Torah, we're just like, we'll tell each other, like, I'm, I'm so hungry, I'm hungry for Torah. Like, you, it's a hunger. It's not just like, I feel like doing it. It's not a yetzira. Your angel needs to be nourished. You're literally, you're having hunger pains because you need Torah and you need to eat. Because you're so, because you eat normally. Like when you're malnourished, right? What happens when your stomach starts shrinking and then the body starts deploying those countermeasures to prevent you from dying of hunger? You start to, your body is trying to tell you it's hungry, but at the same time, you're trying to go into survival mode. So when you're in Malkut of under the dust, under the dirt, totally bombarded and your senses stopped up with snakes and dust and dirt, it's kind of like, you know, does a malnourished child you know that they have to grind up the little paste and give it to them and measure mm. if you you can't just give them a pizza they'll die they can't even have bread it has to be literally that little mushed up stuff that has like the nutrients that they need and it has to be spoon fed to you and little measures that you can handle gerber's glory yeah and yeah i who that stuff i tried that stuff one time it was so nasty i'm not a baby i'm a big boy yes yeah. amen big boys eat gerbers hallelujah yeah this so, book of Gerber's law shall not depart from your mouth, mm -hmm. big boy. I actually ate one time the stuff that they give people that are malnourished. 
uh, it was like they were doing like a little like social experiment with our group or something like that, just like a torment ourselves or I don't know why. Made me want to vomit. It was so disgusting. <laughs> but, you know, then afterwards I have the pizza and all that. Like at the end of a fast, we didn't have a youth group. Back. You know, you know, torture. Like part of uh, Christian church culture is in the youth group. Find ways to like torture each other and yourself, right? You know. Anyway, so I did eat it. It was disgusting. But, you know, what does someone who's malnourished need? They don't need fancy cakes. They will die. They need, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're still alive. I'm glad you're still alive, but here, we need to eat. These are the essential nutrients. You might not like how it tastes right now, but you'll be alive, and you will continue to live, and you'll actually start living and thriving, mm. and then taste all these delicacies and all these wonderful things. But, like, let's just get you hooked up on a life glory IV. Start to drinking the cup and then come and hey, God's in here. Stop worshiping. Stop eating poop, number one. Stop eating poop. That's not going to help anything eat this it might not taste good at first it might not be something you like but it will save you and then you will develop a taste for the things of god let me get you on some matzah get some just basic obedience mineral level obedience right starts to touch the pocket but you're like oh no, no, no. and then you like, oh wow i'm actually benefiting in all levels of myself and this is i'm actually feeling better i can feel my spirit i know how to eat oh my gosh my spirit was hungry how have i been alive this long and then you get to like the big bulked up, like people have been feeding their spirit watching Joel's by like, I've been eating Torah every day. Seven times a day. My my personal a, trainer yeah. eats seven meals a per day. day and and lifts weights yep. twice a day, seven days a week. I just was like, I had no grid for someone eating that much, but it's all just measured out. The calories, the protein grams, all of these mm -hmm. professional bodybuilder. He just won first place in nationals mm -hmm. in the USA. Saw him today. But someone like that who's a professional yeah. bodybuilder knows how to eat to win contests. You are now building your spiritual body as yes. the body of Messiah, Jesus Christ, the body of Christ. The issue is if you don't know how to build the body by eating, you can't compete and you can never win. And the Bible says, run the race to win the prize. You are in a competition for a healthy, living body of Jesus Christ. And a lot of people say, well, it's not a competition. Well, it is. It's life and death every day. Yeah, compete versus the demons. <laughs> like, stay alive. Hebrews yeah. says, in hearing the word, not harden your hearts like the Israelites who died. Which means if you don't feast and learn how to eat for your spirit man, mm -hmm. you will die worse in New Covenant Christianity than Old Testament Judaism. As you can see in this generation. They get into demons, oftentimes, next thing you know, they're trying to save fallen angels. A lot of the people I started out with in full-time ministry in 2006 are now preaching universalism that you can save the fallen angels. And they got 400 people watching them on their lives. That you can save devils now, guys. The, no one's going to hell. Just completely lost their freaking minds. Mm -hmm. You know why that is? They departed from Torah. Yep. They no longer had the fear and the reverential awe of the word of God in their hearts. And they get into doctrines of demons. So what's mm -hmm. the key to success? Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall read and mm -hmm. meditate on it day and night. Mm -hmm. Feeding your spirit in the morning, feeding your spirit at night, and then during the day, 
meditating on it all day long. That's what prayer without ceasing is. You know, Smith Wigglesworth was a plumber for 40 years before he even had a full-time ministry. And you've all heard of Smith Wigglesworth. He pioneered the Pentecostal movement for the whole planet. He was a plumber for 40 years before he was released into full-time ministry. Okay? You know what he did? He prayed without ceasing for decades and decades, worshiping God as he worked. Brother Lawrence would work in the monasteries, and while he'd be washing dishes, all he'd do is practice the presence of God and work all day long. People would come from all of Europe to wash a monk, to watch a monk work. Why? Because he learned how to pray. He learned how to practice the presence that came out of the Word of God that these men were meditating on in their inner man all the time. Your thought life will project an atmosphere. Yes. See, all of you have an inner man, and it's not an inner woman. It's called the inner man. Why? Because it's a spirit man. You might have an outer woman, but you have a spirit man. It needs to be Jesus. Otherwise, it'll be the man Satan of Ezekiel 28, 100% of the time. And that's why the thought life is garbage. And people are always distracted and doing worthless, temporal, idolatrous things. But if you meditate on God's word in your heart, guess what begins to come out? The atmosphere and the presence Mm. of the Holy Ghost. Where does the Holy Spirit come from? Jesus Christ told you, from the word. The Word has the ability to hatch in your hearts and birth the Spirit of glory. Then the brain starts to get renewed from the heart hatching God's Word, and your brain begins to value that presence. you got to get brainwashed. Romans 12.2 says you're actually transfigured through brainwashing. You've been brainwashed by demons enough. Just type that in the comments. You've been brainwashed by demons of Babylon the Great Enough. And that's what they're all worried about, getting brainwashed. You've already had all the brainwashing of the fallen angels that right. exist in the universe of, of all the fallen angels since the beginning of time. Now it's time to get washed in the water of the Word. Brainwashing, the Bible teaches, is what metamorphosizes you from darkness to light. That's written in God's Word in Romans 12.2. Be washed and renewed in the spirit of your mind. Constantly metamorphosized like a caterpillar to a butterfly. By meditating on God's holy word in your hearts, treasuring his word until it releases and hatches within you into the presence of his glory. Then walk in the presence of his glory. That is the evidence that you have received today's instruction from the King of Israel, Jesus Christ in heaven. So people are like, well, I just don't feel it when I read the word. Well, you will. You will. The word has something in it. It can't return void. To one person, it just goes into their brain. It never hatches. Why? Mm. Because it hits the mark only when it hits the human spirit. You block it from not going through your heart, circumcising your heart. You block it from not going through your senses, your ears, your eyes, your nose, your mouth, your touch gates. You decide how deeply the word penetrates you. If it doesn't go and hit your spirit, you can't benefit from it because God's word was made the bread of the human spirit. That's the original design of the Garden of Eden. So we get it into our brain. We're like, well, it didn't work for me. So we begin to make up doctrines and saying it's a rapture. 
You know, we don't know how to live in God's glory, God's presence. Half the Bible doesn't work for us because we never let it into our hearts. We just make up a bunch of dead theology, which is what the world is full of right now. Dead men's bones. But guess what happens? The Word will work perfectly for anyone who allows the Word to hit the mark of the center of the soul where it was intended to pierce your spirit. How do we know that's true? Hebrews 4.12 The Word of God judges the thoughts and intentions of something. The spirit, the heart, that's what it says. It goes into the human spirit and begins to clean the spirit, which Bob Jones called your conscience, your consciousness. Amen? Amen. So your awareness and your thought life, the very thing that makes you human beings, being aware of your surroundings, being aware of yourself, okay, that's your consciousness, When the word goes into your spirit, your consciousness, your awareness shifts from just being aware of sin to being aware of his glory. Right, being aware of sin in yourself and others. So when the Holy Spirit sent forth, he convicts of sin, righteousness, and judgment. What is the sending forth of the Holy Spirit? Only in the Mm -hmm. preaching and the teaching of the word of God, never anything else. How will they know unless they hear? Right, because the releasing of the dove... Right, uh, and think about Shavat. What was Shavat? We talk about Pentecost. You go from Passover to Pentecost, Passover, Pesach to Shavat, from water baptism to Holy Spirit baptism, that descending of the dove. What is Shavat? That was their going to the mountain to receive Torah. It's all receiving Torah. Why did Jesus Christ pour out his spirit at the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the tongues of fire, on Shavat? Because he's saying, hey, this is, this is now what I'm doing. This is the my new covenant equivalent of y'all receiving Torah on Shabbat. Now you receive the living Torah and f- tongues of fire. They came to Zion mm-hmm. and received the eternal fire mm-hmm. and not just the temporal stuff of Sinai. Now mm-hmm. we moved into a new covenant and Moses shifted into eternal Mount Zion of the Lamb of God, maker of heaven and earth. All right, let's check out the pictures. Just a couple of pictures here. Oh, we'll do a quick review. <laughs> This one, not this one, not this one. Baking with humility. Okay. All right, but this is exactly, this is what Brandon said. The wheat, what does the wheat represent? Torah. Mm. Sapphire stone engravings, Torah, wheat. Talked about the dude that had, you know, it's out there growing wheat, not a problem. Eating raw kernels, not bad. Even... You know, they're plucking the kernels when they walked yeah, out in the Jesus field. Yeah, Jesus and his apostles were eating the kernels. wheat right off the kernels. Yeah, so it's not a bad thing. It's not, but <laughs> they are just hungry. It was the rawest form of Messiah's Torah. Yep. Mm. Which is a gift. Torah, the Torah was a gift. So let's take a look. Kernels, bread, cake, royal pastry. And you find that it aligns with the simple, midrashic, and allegorical, and mystical. And it's funny, is when I was making this picture of the Danishes, it was doing mystical things, like <laughs> appearing and disappearing. I tried to click on it, replicating itself. Like, it really was mystical. Uh, I was just trying to make two, then one disappeared, popped out of nowhere. I made a second one, then the third one appeared. I was like, all right, all right. The Holy Trinity of the Cheese Danish. I get it. And that's such a good teaching there. Simple kernels, midrashic bread, allegorical cake, 
and the mystical is the royal pastry. Mmm, delicious. Yum. I'll tell you how real this is so you guys understand where I'm at. I'm salivating right now. There's mm. literally drool Me being too. produced in my mouth looking at this teaching right now. I, I think our favorite is the mystical. <laughs> but we can never despise the simple. I mean, that's the seed, right? That's where it's going to sprout. I love good bread. Like, whenever we go out to eat, I'm excited about the bread service. You ever get excited when they're about to, what kind of butter are they going to bring? Is it going to be fresh bread? Hopefully not, like, you know, stale. Something warm and soft mm-hmm. and delicious, maybe a nice texture, or the interesting varieties of bread. Like, I don't even know what kind of bread that is, but that is delicious, especially with a little butter, a little salt, or a little, if they bring, like, a dipping oil. Mm-hmm. Right? We talked about the luxury of dipping on the... Uh, we talked about, I think, yesterday. Couple Joel's bars. Yeah, yeah. the dip, dip the bread and the thing. And uh, and it's so good on sapphire stones. The cake, the royal pastry, that's our favorite. And uh, what does that remind us of? So, kernels, bread, cake, royal pastry, simple, midrashic, allegorical, mystical. And just a quick touching back on what we've covered before. That is the orchard of Shekinah. What is orchard? Mm. Pardis, that means orchard, orchard, which stands for Peshat, <laughs> Ramez, Darash, and Sod. So, orchard of Shekinah is also known as the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The sapphire stone. Amen. So you got a whole orchard, <laughs> and there's all kinds of things to enjoy here. So, when we're talking about the fruit of the tree of life, we're talking about kernels, bread, cake, and pastry. That is Torah. All right. And that represents Isaiah, Yetzirah, Berea, Atzalut, Peshat, Ramez, Darash, and Sod. And again, that's traversing the Torah. So you eat your way up. Mystic teaching. That's why it's the, the 12 apostles are the foundations of the promised land and its walls because you've eaten and digested all of their teachings. So while we have this picture up here, let's understand leaven real quick. We talked about, now just take everything you've heard other teachers talk about of leaven and just trash. It's all trash right now. Just boom. Because we are a sapphire stone student of righteousness. And you're much better than all those other students. (laughs) He was like, yes, I know, I know. Okay. You have better teaching. No haughtiness. We're just testing. We're just testing the just fruit. Just to see if you're proud. <laughs> proud foot. Proud foot. Proud feet. No. That's black Malkut. <laughs> so, uh, traversing the toilet, let's talk about uh, Shekinah. We talked about Shekinah being the matzah. Wait, where's the, the matzah? It would be unleavened bread, but why don't we see matzah on the list here? Matzah is you coming out of black Malkut. Out of, you know, that's the exodus. We never get tired. Sometimes God will just have test you with some matzah. Like, I know you don't have your own personal revelation of this yet, but here's the angelic instruction. Mm-hmm. Obey before you understand. And he tests, the only time God tests our hearts, what does he do it for? It says in the word of God, he tests our hearts expecting us to be approved. He's always expecting you to pass. Amen. There's no reason why you shouldn't pass because he's never letting you be tested beyond what you can handle. And he always promises to show you a way out when temptation comes. He doesn't tempt, nor is he tempted. But when God tests the heart, he expects you to be approved. 
Okay, so it's good wisdom understanding that, you know, what's going on in your life. So Shekinah, we're talking about the Shekinah all the way down on Malkut. That's where you're going to, you know, come into the opening of the door of Enoch to enter into the cosmos. As you get the circumcisions on Malkut, the Malkut of heaven is within you. So we talked about Shekinah on Malkut receiving additional ingredients from Yasad, which represents the moon. For it to go from, you know, just matzah, unleavened bread, Shekinah, obedient, obedience to the angel of Shekinah, Yad Vavhe, Jesus Christ, until they receive additional ingredients. We learn from Jesus Christ, what is leaven? Leaven is teaching. Leaven's not necessarily a bad thing. He just said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Beware of the teachings of religious demons. Exactly. <laughs> so here's the problem. When you're looking at um, the traversing the Torah there at the very bottom of Malkut, for Shekinah, you know, your inner man is made up of Shekinah. There's a substance that he formed you with. Right, that substance is native to your homeland, aka heaven. That's why when scientists they put out like a microscope or something, they don't really say, "Hey, look, we found your spirit, man. We found your soul." They they wonder and question about it, but they've never taken like an ultrasound. They can or measure the twenty one grams mm -hmm. when your spirit leaves your body when you they've die. That. Nowadays, they have the technology to weigh. Yep. Those grams of your spirit. Yep. Or they'll see like the little flash at conception. They've documented that. Yep. A flash of light. So they so we know now that there's light. But what is that inner part of you made of? The inner your inner man, when you're down in Malkud Visaya and you're discovering Christ within you, you're discovering even your own spirit, man, your inner man. A little bit of light, you might feel like a baby spirit. You put your hand on your belly, why? You're recycling that Shekinah that starts to come out of you as you engage in Torah. Or when you watch Joel's bar, when you take in spiritual substance. You're feeding it into your inner man that's light made up of that. The inner man made up of Shekinah needs to eat a Shekinah kind of diet. You can't just feed it apples like, I hope this apple goes to my spirit, man. No, that's natural food. That'll nourish your physical body, which effect influences your soul. And the soul then influences your spirit. So in a way, those apples that you ate are doing some good, a measurement of good, for both your soul and your spirit. Because why? When you take care of your physical body, that affects your soul. When your physical body is hurt or when things affect your emotions negatively, that influences your soul. And then your soul can, in turn, affect your spirit. You want your spirit to be so well-fed and nourished and taken care of that your spirit is what influences your soul. Mm -hmm. And that soul impact influences your physical body. And that's why it's written that I may be, that you'll be in good health and prosper even as your soul prospers. Then How your does dry your soul, bones live. Yep. And how does your soul prosper? When the soul and all your souls now follow after the spirit. It's the inner man of God. Your innermost being ends up being those higher parts of you, which is closer and closer to God, which is deeper within you. So you're going through the inner chambers into the innermost chamber, mm. inside those palaces of concentric circles, 
which is overcoming all that is within you and all that is within the world, which is the fallen angel DNA, the fallen nature DNA of the curse of the fall from eating what? The fruit of that tree of Satan, which was eating from him as a spirit, obeying and listening to him. <laughs> the fruit of his spirit has seed in it that produced after what? His own kind. And that's the problem with human genetics, the problem with human souls, the problem with the human spirit. So it's time to remove the intruder of sin that's written about, the intruder of sin in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. How do you go down all the, how do you remove such a deep uh, embedded, let's call sin a parasite without, because if it's in the DNA, it's in the physical body, it's in the bones. Mm -hmm. you, know how, you know how difficult bone surgery is for people who have those kinds of cancers? It's extremely difficult. This is more microscopic level. In it's in the soul, the genetic in the spirit. makeup of all things is infused with the ten worlds of the fall. So, how is God going to provide a way? How did He provide a way for that to be removed out of you without killing you? Because it's already difficult enough to have bone surgery on someone in the physical realm. I saw the golden scroll them. coming down as you were saying. I saw a vision Amen. of the answer. The answer is the the gold scroll. Of Jerusalem coming down, which is the teaching of the Father. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> so by receiving and eating the nourishment of these pastries, he's like, you know what? I got such a good plan. You'll eat pastries and live. Doesn't that sound too good to be true? Sounds like the gospel. Yep. Basically, just stop eating the feces. Stop eating the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, which are the 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 yeast of the demons. So let's look back at Malkut of Isaiah there. If Shekinah in your body or inner man, instead of receiving all those interpretations, those levels of food or yeast from Yasad, for it to be a leavened substance, which means you could make it into a cake, you could make it into a bread, something nourishing to eat, or let's talk about seed. If you get it from the clippeth, if you get teaching that's even factual, Hey, this is factual about God, but you got it from a demon spirit. Yep. You thought it was your own thought. You th maybe thought it was your own desire. You know what? They're withholding information or mm. they just don't want to see me succeed. Any kind of paranoia, fear, any kind of uh, strife, any kind of you versus them and it's other believers or mm -hmm. something like that. Or it's just me against the world. Any one of those things we've ever talked about in Joel's bar manifestations of emotions, thoughts, and feelings that did not come from God. If it didn't come from God, it came from Satan and the clippeth. Yep, cabal by the clippeth. Which means, time. if that means their yeast, which is mixed in again with the dung and the piss, all that kind of nasty stuff is in that leaven, and when that comes from black, the black moon, which is that Gamaliel understanding the seed of the Pharisees, mm -hmm. Sadducees, their yeast, their leaven is yeast, it goes in, and now the whole cake is ruined. Mm. So no matter how much you grow and build off of that foundation, it's completely wrong. And it will never do what God originally intended for his plan of salvation to be like this. Yes, yeah. taste and see that the Lord is good. Eat the bread of Shekinah. Eat the matzah. You get the mm. obedience. Whatever ground up, simple, even a kernel of truth, the seed, the deposit of the seed of salvation. And then only eat from holiness. 
only eat from the purity of sapphire stones. We talked about the vision the Lord gave about all the the churches and how they've been infected. So if all those church buildings made by human hands that are under Jezebel's tower have a demon above all the scholars there, that means no matter how well-intentioned they are, guess what's the substance in there? It's not going to be purity to get you up sapphire stones. It's not going to work. That means, best case scenario, die and go to heaven. But you never Jesus get to said know you had to God come out of the whole well. system, come out of her, my people. Yep. It's all a tower of Babel. Yep. And so you find on the sapphire stones, there's a purity of the word of God. Because why? You're removing the foreskins. This is really, this is worth going back for these guys. How is it going to be pure? So that means even, so people who are down under the valley under Jezebel's tower, for most of you, you can kind of understand the difference now. But look at this. Some people are advanced. Well, what about those teachers? They sound like kind of like what you guys are talking about a little bit here, which means they have heights. But watch out. If they don't have the circumcisions, mm -hmm. they might even learn about these teachings and start teaching There's it. But unless they have evidence. There's only a few cosmic ministries in the yeah. world right now. Um, and it, most of the cosmic teaching is in Judaism. It really mm -hmm. is. It's in Kabbalistic Judaism, and they haven't received Jesus Christ mm -hmm. at all. <laughs> and then sometimes you'll find with uh, people who know mystic truths, maybe they studied Bob Jones, or they practice ascension Bob groups. was cosmic. He had mm -hmm. a cell phone on him given to him by NASA. Mm -hmm. NASA? The space program gave Bob Jones a cell phone because he could see further than all of the telescopes and, and uh, satellites could mm -hmm. as a seer prophet. That's how far Bob was out in space. Mm -hmm. True story. I remember, this is kind of nostalgic. <laughs> Speaking on that, I just, uh, one time I got to go, the Holy Spirit took me out into deep space one time just to test me on my, um, what do you call it? Fortitude <laughs> of mind. We went out so deep, so deep into space, like, it felt like deep space. I mean, for God, it's probably like, you know, when you have a kid and it's the kiddie pool and they're like three the feet of pool. water. It's like a little pond. Like a little pond. Like, let's see how you do. Oh God, oh God. Like the rainbow on a rainy day. There's just, and I didn't have the heights. I didn't have the heights that I have now, but I remember it felt so discombobulating and like there's just something about being out there it reminds me when they're uh testing people for the space program in nasa mm -hmm. you have to have mental and physical fortitude because they don't want to send anyone up there who's going to lose their mind and go nuts on the other astronauts under the pressure of being so far away from earth and i remember you have to have perfect vision is the first prerequisite yeah. amen <laughs> <laughs> amen so, but I remember that was really, it was amazing, but then it was like, oh God, oh God, we're so far. You're like, just kind of let go and you're just floating there. You're like, this is crazy. And so Let's you get see how you do without gravity. Ah, oh my God. We're going to Like die. the pressure. <laughs> All right, send them home. <laughs> <laughs> he gives you a second, third chance in the no gravity tank, though. Learn how to walk on sapphire stones yep. and you're really there and it's not in your imagination yep. the angels always testify yep and then and you learn how to stay calm and have that fortitude of mind and emotion 
and we talked before about even you know some of the pioneers you may experience being alone in a whole world uh, that's you know what brandon and i do I, I i told some of the girls i think i'll never forget my first day alone the mm. first time i set foot in a world and there was no one else in that whole world it, it it's it's a cool feeling but it's also like oh wow you your emotional and mental stability must be on the solid foundation of christ within you so and a lot of people they kind of go crazy just a little testing and they're on Malkut or in the world of Isaiah and it's a lot mentally and emotionally you have to stay within those boundary stones of holy counsel that's why oh, I just felt fire on that mm. holy counsel that's why stick around the believers who are learning righteousness never isolate right as you continue to go up the sapphire stones you must have a firm foundation of God loves me I'm loved I am adopted. Christ is your boundary stone for your thoughts, feelings, and emotions. So when that pressure comes, or some of you are going to be pioneering going up the worlds, you may be at some point the only person in that world, and you can feel it. It's very different. You're like, well, we're going to be around, even if you're around people. <laughs> it's something you can only understand, I think, when you go up. The feeling of being alone in your whole world. right? And that's what uh, God said to Abraham in the oral mm -hmm. tradition of Moses and you know Archangel Gabriel wanted to go save Abraham something like that and then God said no I'm going to save him with my own hand why he said he is alone in his world mm -hmm. and I'm alone in mine so it's fitting that the unique one should save the unique one and unique one is also a reference uh, to Yachita soul so I thought that was really and interesting. And that's the fulfillment of what Bob Jones would frequently say in his prophetic ministry, that you become a majority of one. Anyone with a total unity with the Father in those worlds, living on the stars, is a majority mm -hmm. of one. Amen. So as you're going through the world of Isaiah and ascending, make sure you keep your emotions, thoughts, and feelings tucked into Christ in your spirit. The boundary stones of the sapphire stones Right, Hod and Netza represent emotional stability. It's connected with the legs and, and the feet. Uh, it's think about getting your sea legs. Let's say you're new to sea uh, to sailing the seven seas of the supernal waters of the seven worlds. Right, Asaya through Absolute. Those are the seven seas. Of Sapphire this age. seas. So you might need to get your sea legs, right? If you're new to being on a boat and the waves are rocking and, you know, you take, it takes time to get used to the cosmos. And why is that, you know, a time to get used to it? You might have just started down in Asaya with a little spirit. You know, now you're bulking up your spirit and eating, eating for your spirit, healing the soul, it's healing the body. And then exercising, you know, Brandon talked about, um, talked about his trainer. Mm -hmm. What does he do? Eat how many times a day? Seven, Seven. times a day. <laughs> for eating. I had no grid for that. It blew my mind. So imagine eating Torah. <laughs> Let's say you're at your desk and on your desk at work, you've got a sticky note or something in your pocket or on your desk. And it's got like three of the Holy Ghost highlighted verses to you that week or that day. 
let's say when you were getting ready and listening to the audio Bible, something kind of stood out to you and you copy and pasted it or you wrote it down or that week there's a verse that God keeps speaking to you. So you wrote it down on a piece of paper and you kept it with you at your workstation. Or maybe you are a server in a restaurant and you would keep them in your book. So then when you work and you do your job, then you kind of look over. You got just a moment and eat that. Instead of chit-chatting by the wherever the people in Nefesh are in their animal chatter, no. sitting with the mouth. In the leper colony. <laughs> yep. Avoid the leper colonies. Yeah, okay? Don't live in the leper don't, colonies. When they huddle, when the Nefesh group Leprosy together. Leprosy of the mouth. When that you know those areas at your workplace where the people kind of group together and sin, or there's that pull like, oh, I want to belong. You're mm. better off just focusing on doing an excellent job. Joshua one eight. If there's time to <laughs> lean, you know what they used to say, if there's time to lean, there's time to clean. Go find something to mm. clean at work. Like if, if it's one of those jobs you're up and around, like a service job, find something to clean. Clean the outside of the cup. Mm -hmm. You know. Make sure the whole restaurant looks great if you're working in a restaurant. Or if you're working on in a cubicle, right? Which we know those originate in hell, but you know what? You're in hell for 10 days in a cubicle. Yep. Endure to the end. Endure to the end. You get a moving desk. Yeah. <laughs> I actually did find something in the oral tradition that was like, it was like, it said cubicle literally. And it was talking about hell. And I was like, I knew it. <laughs> yeah, you, I knew it. You worked in the cubicle before, didn't you? I, yeah, some kind yep. of thing, you know. But uh, it was like a basement thing anyway yeah so maybe you're in an office situation uh maybe you could refill of, that cubicle could become the revelation cubicle of shekinah glory the gold yeah. cubicle metatron's cube bam that'd be like better than elijah's yeah, exactly. cave if you learn how to practice yeah, just angels manifesting there brother lawrence dreamed he had a cubicle yeah exactly so and if you work in the, in the office and people are gathering at the water cooler and gossiping you know what you can do? Have a healthy snack prepared, you know, for you. Yeah, take a little, if you're on a break in your break room, eat your Torah. Like, you've written it down. You put it in an accessible place for you that works for you. What the Lord wants mm -hmm. to do in all your souls is burn every human box mm -hmm. so you live in the perimeter of the Shekinah glory mm -hmm. so strongly. Mm -hmm. It's like a thousand watts of electricity surging mm -hmm. through you all the time. Or you could spend that extra 10 minutes at work. Let's say you finish your assignments. Instead of going into like lazy black sun mode, you could say, hey, let's get a head start on those reports that I can make a good impression on my boss and have it done ahead of time, you know, or something to where you're working excellently. When you're in nefesh mode, if it has to be the downtime, oh, I just need to relax. I just need to like, you know, I need to do something to be around other nefesh sinning. And some kind of, you know, you know the, cir the circumcisions in the, the membranes is b burning the boxes off your spirit progressively until there's no more boxes and you're just in the Father's box, which is called mm -hmm. perfect heaven and perfect light all the time. So all those boxes are progressively broken, bursted, and burned down, foreskin and membrane, mm -hmm. from the center of your soul, your spirit, outward after you're born again. Amen. Amen. That's how you get totally free. And just, Keep burning your boxes outward until the glory is wrapping you like a garment of, as it's written, they will walk, walk with me in white. What does it mean to walk with him in white? That the box of Jesus, which is the Shekinah glory that contains him, the Father that contains the word, becomes the very garments of the soul, 
of flesh and blood, the, the nefesh of blood. Now you're walking in the soul of the Father, not just on the inside, buried deep, deep down within, because I know I have fire shirts because I believe in Jesus. No, it's manifest on the outside. That's what it means to walk with Him in white. Amen. And here you go. One more look here at the membrane. And keep in mind, appearances can be deceiving. Never trust really your own judgment, emotions, thoughts, feelings, unless you know you're in that kernel of Shekinah, of the Word of God, the Torah. You have fruit of humility, and there's wisdom, there's understanding, and there's good fruit. All fruit and that. all growth must be tested in fire higher mm -hmm. than you. If you become proud of your growth and it's un untested in fire, you'll go the way of the enemy all the time. Mm -hmm. People are like, well, I've grown so much since two, three years ago. Have you tested the growth with the fire in Jerusalem? Or is it just growing outside Jerusalem and what you think is God? Everything is tested in the fire of the altar of Jerusalem. That's what the book of Revelation says. So you want to make sure all your growth, all of your teaching, mm -hmm. understanding is tested in the altar of fire before mm -hmm. God's throne right. daily. And then just one more note on these pastries. Well, I mean, don't eat that seven times a day. What's that going to do to you? Mm. Don't bring this to the holiday party, to the Jewish Thanksgiving. Okay. Wheat <laughs> is Torah. Don't be offended when the father doesn't eat what you prepared for him. He's like, yeah, that's nice, sweetie, but yep. Yeah, yeah, it's cute. Like, oh, cute, but no, I'm good. I'm yeah. he, he really does have the expectations so of hard. Jesus Christ being formed in us. And not your mm -hmm. own individual version of him. So these but ones. His only begotten son exclusively amen so these ones you're going to be eating them we teach at all kinds of different levels here at joel's bar and understand this is all christ when it's in the purity of the sapphire stone if it's uncircumcision it's impure and it's harmful and again i want to talk about uh just real quick brandon's uh trainer said he eats seven times a day <laughs> to body build now when you eat the cool thing about this is the torah tastes like pastries but it feeds you like health food. So mm. it's the best of both worlds. So it's literally when it comes to your inner man, the pastry of the mystical interpretation, the cake of the allegorical interpretation, the bread of the midrashic interpretation, and the kernels of the simple inter interpretation. All of these are going to feed your inner man, which is also made of light. So it's that food of light of Torah for your inner man of light to grow so you can discover your spirit and learn how to feed. Then... As you get rid of the iniquity, you can start to feel that hunger. You start to feel the inner man. You start to even smell spiritual smells. Oh, yeah. Your senses are renewed and restored because you're not just shriveled up and dying, barely alive in your inner man while your outer body is puffed up in temple of from glory. eating pastries on the outside only, right? So, so this is what's going to happen. If you're eating Torah seven times a day, mm. so... Now, Brandon's trainer doesn't just eat seven times a day. What does he do? He works out. So you're going to work out your salvation, okay? But you're also going to exercise your spiritual senses. Mm. That's why I say pray in tongues a lot. You should not be praying in tongues more than you're engaging in Torah. That's when you're, you're remember, you're still an Isaiah. You haven't overcome iniquity, which means your tongues, your GTs, your spiritual visions, all your gifts of the spirit as a tech non-Christian in the world of Isaiah can potentially be harnessed 
by the enemy it's true. with entry. So the gifts are susceptible to being used by the enemy. Well, you're like, well, I'm praying in tongues, or well, I'm doing this, or I had a vision, and I thought it was God. I had a dream. Mm. So that when you get into, you're now you're just doing gifts. You're just praying in tongues all the time. But you're not eating the word into your eyes. Much dreaming is vanity, Ecclesiastes. Mm -hmm. You've got to put the word of God into your eyes and ears more than your tongues, more than your visions, more than your oral own oral tradition that you could just kind of like, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna watch something on TV or go to the park and go and enjoy live my life with God and have the freedom. Yes, you should do that. But unless you're feeding your inner man of light, that food of Torah, why into the eyes? Because the eyes and the ears receive light. And the substance, the food is light. So your eyes and ears is how you're going to feed into your inner man of light. It's all, you're made glory of light. Glory, light Shekinah, to light. invisible light. So if you're not eating, but if, if Brandon's trainer never ate, mm. but all he did was go to the gym all the time, he would shrivel up and die. Yeah. And so, no strength. If all you're doing is, I'm just praying tongues and do my GTs all time, all day, and I just listen to Joel's bar, and that's it, which is good, if you only have oral tradition, mm. we have some Bible on here, so it's not you're not going to shrivel up and die listening to this. But what I'm saying is, if all you did was just pray in tongues all the time, and you just pray, 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 and then you just have dreams and visions, and then your own oral tradition, or whatever you want to believe, and choose and pick which ones, you, revelations you like the best, but you don't eat the word into your inner man, you just put it in your brain or your heart or whatever. It's like throwing your Cheerios on the ground as a baby and then wonder why nothing works out for you. Mm, still hungry afterwards. Well, yeah, you're still hungry. That is so good because when you mix the apostolic mm -hmm. teaching with all this spirit of prophecy that we pour out every day mm -hmm. with your own time engaging in the Word of God, it's mm -hmm. just, it's like nuclear in your heart. Mm -hmm. That's why we say at least 30 minutes a day, get it into the eyes and the ears. That's why don't scroll on social media during that time, because then you didn't eat as much. Why? Because the light didn't get into your eyes. Or you weren't listening, you weren't paying attention with your ears. So when you don't pay attention with your ears, it blocks out the light, which means the light didn't get into your stomach, hmm. which is light. Yep. So the light into the eyes, under the ears, you drink and you eat righteousness from the Word of God into your inner man, which is made of light. That Feed light him with light. has to get in your bellies. Yep. And so you put your hand on your belly to remind yourself, hey, I'm feeding this right now. And the invisible substance that comes out of your hands when you lay hands and pray, lay hands on yourself and eat the Word of God. That will grow you the fastest. And again, now, don't just do six hours of Torah a day and never exercise your spiritual senses. Right? Through acts of humility you get set free, right? The, yep. the word of truth, the truth will set you free when? Mm -hmm. When you hear... Faith without works is dead. When you hear the Holy Ghost highlights through the written word or through the spoken instructions of the apostles or through the oral tradition of the apostolic of the new Torah, when you hear it and you believe it, that means you will obey it. So the act of humility of obeying it is you exercising your spiritual strength, your spiritual man. I'm going to obey because I believe this is the truth. Because why? I've been feeding my inner man pure light. I'm off of the diet of dookie mixed in with stolen Shekinah. I'm done with the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and now I'm on a pure, holy Shekinah diet of apostolic sapphire stone new covenant revelations of the eternal covenant of the seven spirits of God, the rainbow covenant of God into the kingdom age, and I'm going to walk in it. 
I'm not just going to sit and be a hearer, but I'm going to be a doer. So if you just sit around and eat and fatten yourself, can you, I mean, it's, it's good to eat and eat and eat into your inner man's kind of light. But now, guess what? Pray in tongues. Exercise your faith. <laughs> Exercise your spiritual senses. Start to smell in the spirit. Start to hear in the spirit. Start to see in the spirit. Not your old church age, gift, age gifts of how you see, but in your inner man. And then when you get into Tifra, into the sun, you stay there until you fully transfigure and you begin to have what? Wings? The spirit of the righteous of Enoch, that like the angels, who have what? Wings with eyes which are lights affixed on them. Which means you can now see multidimensionally. Was that going to make any sense when you're on Malkavis as a tiny little gingerbread, of ma gingerbread man of light that's starving to death because you don't know how to eat yet? No. But you can believe the word and the testimony of those who are going up and now it's happening so it's for them. It's the child to be in awe of yep. the things higher than them in the angelic arenas. They, so they desire to mature in Christ. Right, and that's that psalm of ascent. We talked about King David. He said, my eyes are not haughty. Right, he's not considering mm -hmm. those things too mm -hmm. high for him. Eat where you're at. If all it takes is a little kernel of truth, that seed will go into your inner man. Let it go into your spirit and die. So that it can sprout up and produce more seed-bearing plant of righteousness after its own kind. So you can start making loaves of bread, cakes, and royal pastries. Amen? Amen. Wonderful. Understanding the word of God that saves you and all of its levels. Marrying the word, the marriage feast of heavenly Jerusalem are people that have eaten the Word, done the works of the Word, and produced all of the fruit of the Word, those cakes for the Father. Amen? Amen? Royal cakes that the Father can eat and enjoy at His standard of angelic greatness. Mm. Thank you, Father, for a people that will bear your fruit with all the things that you've given us in Jesus Christ, the Spirit, the blood, and the water from heavenly Jerusalem. We thank you for a people that will grow up in these things to please you in the heavens and live on the moon, on the sun, and on the stars of Torah, the house of Moses, fulfilled by Messiah Jesus Christ. It's the time where people begin to understand Messiah much more highly than the church age, to see how great his salvation is to live in the heavens. What does Jesus Christ say? Is one of my favorite verses. They shall shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Amen? You, what's God's plan for your life? Obedience and bearing this fruit that we described to you today. To shine forth as the sun. Israel, Tiferet, in the kingdom of of your Father, where is He? In heaven. And you will live in the heavens with your Father and shine as stars forever. Daniel 12:3. It is written. Father, I want to pray for everyone listening and those who have not yet partnered with this ministry, who have not yet begun to tithe at a mineral level obedience, that you would speak to their hearts, speak to their minds. Speak to the spouse, speak to the husband and the wife and the whole household. 
to begin obedience with their finances into the apostles of the Lamb in heavenly Jerusalem, of how they can begin obedience with their mineral level, silver, gold, gemstone, finances, economic buying power, all that comes from the marketplace of the increase of their house, that they would begin to tithe and bring offerings for the advancement of your will, of your righteousness that you want taught all over the earth in these days, that this message would be magnified by the partners of Red Letter Ministries. Speak to each one how they can tithe and give offerings to advance your kingdom through this Red Letter Ministry of Jesus Christ and RLMTV broadcasting of the righteousness of Jesus Christ in glory. Amen and bless them as they give. You can click the links in the description and bless every single one of you as you sow into God's kingdom tonight and in the days ahead in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. We'll see you Tuesday.
Victory, victory, that is victory 
Victory! 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 
Victory, 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 victory,